The strongest stars have hearts of Kaiba. I'm going with the force of forces with me. That's not how the Force works. Well, let's start somewhere. Welcome to the KyberCast, everybody, for October 9th, 2020. I'm one half of the team. My name is Joe Becker, and with me, as always, is my good friend... Michael Diaz. Michael, two in one week. I know. Two in one week. Well, <laughs> kind of. Kind of. Well, it's because we blew the. I blew it the last week. Well, no, you had shit going on. It's it's allowed. You can have a life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this week's not much better. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't believe how much you can have when you move. I, I, the stuff that's packed into corners is just crazy. It's just absolutely bonkers to me. Well, I think it was George Carlin who said, a house is a place where you store your shit while you go out and get more shit. It certainly is. It yeah. certainly is. It's, it's, I, you, you can't believe how much stuff can be hidden in areas. You're like, what? When did that get there? So I don't advise moving unless any <laughs> people that can, unless people can do it for you, you know? When you've moved what, thing twice now in the last couple of years? Yeah, well, dude, I, I've moved, oh, how many times? Too many. And since in the last eight years, I've moved every two years. Yeah. So, no. yeah, it sucks. But I think we are good to stay now. You're done. Done. If, well, yeah, if the world doesn't blow up in November and jobs stay good for a while, you know, <laughs> it should be fine. It should be fine. Ah, what a week. So we have a lot going on. We have uh, a couple of finales to talk about later. We've got some uh, news bits that uh, you can lead that since you, you seem to be the best news gatherer in the late, at least last month or so because I am so, uh, you know, predetermined with life. Um, but why don't we jump right into the news and see what's going on because part of it is the book we're reading and, uh, you know, it'll give us more time. <laughs> exactly. So... As if you've been listening, you know, we're doing a book club this uh, starting this week. It started on Monday. The book club for Dune. And the whole yep. point of the book club was that we were going to finish in eight weeks because it's a massive book just in time for the movie to come out. But that's not happening now. Movie's still coming it's out. Not. But it's just coming out in October 2021 now. So, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, the, the studio wants to make a boatload of money on it, and I understand. So, it's obvious uh, COVID's here for a bit yet, at least through the winter. Right. So, people just aren't going to be going to films like they used to. And I think I think everyone took note of what happened with Tenet. You know, Tenet came out in countries that were open, as well as right. in theaters that were open in the U.S. And... It has not blown things up. I mean, people are not... You just can't make money if people aren't going to the theater on films. Not, not a lot of money. 
No, and right now it seems to be another, I'm not going to say a, a, another wave because I don't think any waves have passed by, but it seems to be another uh, rise in COVID numbers um, from East Coast to West Coast now, at least as of today. So, you know, look, nothing's getting done. So I don't see, you know, eventually they're just going to open and, and I, I guess it's buyer beware, you know. I don't know. Otherwise, I'll be gone. Right. Well, officially, theaters just open here in Michigan where we, where we record. And right. I have no interest in going to the theater right now. Do you? Well, I'm interested, but I'm not going to go for health. Well, you know. Yes, I'm interested. Well, are you interested? Is there anything actually in the theaters right now worth seeing at this point? No. Right. No. I think the top... <laughs> The top grossing film of the of the last week was Hocus Pocus. <laughs> oh, that's right. I'm not kidding you. We released. I think I'm going to look that up right now. You know, I, I heard that somewhere. And I've said this before. I mean, obviously, they're going to do whatever they're going to do with these releases, and that's fine. But right. I'd pay I'd pay twenty bucks right now to go to uh, a drive-in theater and, and see a movie. A new movie. Oh, drive-in? Sure. We talked about that, right? Right. But what can you do? <laughs> so yeah, Dune's been pushed back to October 2021. Uh, somewhat a little bit more, I guess, optimistic. Ryan, I can't speak. Ryan Reynolds made a bunch of hype and they released the Free Guy trailer too. They're still thinking the movie's going to come out in December. Mm-hmm. we'll see but uh, that came out this week it looks like a fun movie it's basically a, a non-player character in a video game a massive sprawling video game realizes he's Does a he... non-player character in a video game and decides he's going to do something control different. Yeah. Gonna... yeah yeah it well like you know that could be it's... go ahead I was just going to say it's it's Ryan Reynolds being Ryan Reynolds yeah, but it could be released for pay-per-view. That could be one, I think. I don't know. Yeah, you but know, again... 20 bucks. Studios want to make their money, so... Yeah, but they have to have um, somebody open to do it, I guess. True. True. And other than that, uh, news-wise, well, do you want to reveal the last bit of news that we got? Sure. I mean, you know... Uh, sometimes I just read stuff and I don't consider it news and it's always nice that you, you bring it up and say, oh, I'm like, oh, yeah. But uh, for uh, anybody that likes Star Wars, I don't know, maybe you might listen to this podcast. Uh, they did release the crawl, so to speak, for the Star Wars High Republic book series. And this would be the, I guess it's all tied together. It's all canon within itself, but this is for the novels, um, you know. And basically, it's just talks. I'm not going to read it verbatim because uh, I think you guys can look it up. But really, it's talking about, um, you know, there's a lot of peace in the galaxy. And they kind of send these what's called starlight beacons out to the far reaches of the outer rim. And uh, just kind of like look for things. And I guess if things will happen. Um, a new evil kind of a, that comes out to threaten the, the galaxy so we don't quite know what the evil is they're not gonna it's it's i don't believe it's sith obviously they've kind of said that but uh 
you know, I think this is going to be an interesting series. I like the idea. I mean, they're very clear. They call it a renaissance. And, and even in the artwork, it feels like a little bit of our own, from our own renaissance time, the way the art, way they're dressed and some of the things and uh, ornamentations and, and stuff like that in their architecture of stuff. But um, I'm, I'm really starting to look forward to this and, and create a whole new era. Hopefully it's good. I really hope it's good. Yeah. So. Again, this was pushed back because of COVID. I think the first book doesn't come out now till January, I believe. January. You can read the first chapter for free right now. Um, and they also released, I think, a, a young adults book, too. Which I want to check it out. I'm not a huge fan of the Star Wars novels. I know you do read them. So mm-hmm. I guess I'll, I'm going to wait to see what you think of it. Because I'm not in a huge rush to jump into this. I mean, I like the concept. Uh, if they right. do TV shows and and films and comics and stuff, I'll check them out. But I, I they're definitely doing comics. Well, yeah, but I I don't know how far down the line. And we know they're going to do them, but we don't know exactly when. January twenty twenty one, High Republic number one, Marvel. Well, there you go. I'm, I'm on the Star Wars site, guys. I don't know this guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I don't see. That's the other thing. I don't grab the uh, floppies anymore. So. I'm probably not going to be able to buy the comics until May, right. June, so summer, because I'll buy the first trade and check it out. Right, right. Which is fine. That's how I read Star Wars um, Dr. Aphra, and I love that right. series. So I'm willing to give High Republic a chance. I have one to four waiting for me at Vault of Midnight that I have to pick up with the new Aphra. Oh, really? Well, that's right. You still buy the single issues. Yeah. Well, it used to be it used to give me something to do. Go Wednesday, walk in there, say hi. You know, it was something I liked. But now it's you know, and I don't buy these things to collect. I almost would rather have them. I'm, I'm a big fan of digital print. I know a lot of people um, they like to hold it, and so do I. But you know, I think it saves a lot of undue, you know, trash. You know, I don't need a novel to be a printed book. I don't. It's just words. Honestly, I, so, I've got all kinds of digital comics. I just, I prefer physical still, but yeah. I couldn't keep up with the single issue. So trades are where it's at for me. Right. We can buy trade digital as well. I just don't, they should just charge way less though. I don't like, I don't know. It's a long discussion. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I can't yeah. justify paying nine ninety nine for a digital trade. I'm like, well, right. it just costs you service space, which I get. They have to pay out everyone. I mean, the creators do need to get paid. I have no problem with that. But right. they're, like I said, it's a long discussion, but the bulk of that cost is in the production of the paper and the transferring it and getting it to where it needs to be. It can be a right. hell of a lot cheaper digitally and still pay off the creative talent. It could. And I haven't really done the math on you know, whether it's Comixology or Marvel or DC or whatever, like if, if Comixology was the Netflix and you paid five bucks a month and read whatever you want, that might be worth it. I don't know. You don't own it, so oh, to speak, but you can read it. You should watch for it. Every once in a while, they put on the Marvel Unlimited and they make it very cheap. And you can yeah. sign up for a subscription. And then you have access to their entire library. But I think, don't quote me on this, but I think there's like a three-month lag on purpose. So that way there's still encouraging people uh, to buy the physical so i uh, gotcha so the comic book stores are better business that's fair i mean i dig that too but 
Right. I think it's three months. I, I think three to six, something like that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I hope the star Wars series is good. I hope it's something that they can build a new thing upon. I mean, obviously this is the biggest venture post George Lucas that, you know, has nothing to do with, um, the saga. And by the way, you know, it was Disney that called the thing the Skywalker saga. It wasn't Lucas. He never called it the Skywalker saga. Even though these originally, the title was The Adventures of Luke Starkiller, right? Um, right? But he never specifically said it was just the Skywalker saga. It was just Star Wars. So I think, you know, Disney turned it around and had to end the Skywalker saga so they can just start doing a lot of different things. But they could have done that without cutting the name Skywalker I'm sorry, Saga. Are you talking about the Palpatine Saga? Yeah. Yep. It's the same. Why not? <laughs> He's been there from the get go anyways. I mean you I'm can't you can't deny that. I'm just messing with you. No, it's a fair statement. That's you know. So <laughs> So we do have a couple of right. few main topics, but real quick, did you have any geeks this week or yeah, the geek. Uh, my geek this week was moving. I didn't do gas dang thing. <laughs> That's not very geeky at all. No, no, I, I, I didn't. Um, I okay. I'll give a small thing. Very small. It's not really geeky, but I did listen to uh, Mark Marin podcast uh, WTF, and he talked to John Cusack, who's the star of uh, a new Amazon show called Utopia, and I really kind of want to watch that now. That looks like a nice little. Uh, it's not quite sci-fi, but it is a, um, I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it, but it sounded really good to me. I heard it was a bit sci-fi. Maybe I'll check it out too. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, it's part of Prime. So, you know, I just, we just finished Boys. So that's something else to fill the gap until the Mando gets here at the end of the month for me. Yep. Uh, well, for me, I finally finished uh, the fourth Murder Bot novella, Exit Strategy. All right. Finally finished it. Loved it. I don't know why I sat on it for like a month before I finished it. It <laughs> took me like seriously like two hours to finish it. I don't know why I waited so long. Maybe because you, you just didn't want it to be over. Subconsciously. Well, the funny thing is, so I already have the fifth book. I actually went to the library like three weeks ago to get the novel, uh, Network Effect. So some poor sap has not been able to read the book because I've had it. Because I didn't finish the fourth <laughs> one. So... Guilt moved me forward because I knew I had to get into Dune. So I I finished book four, (laughs) Exit Strategy, and then I also have, I've started the fifth book, which is a full novel this time, Network Effect. Wow. Okay. I'm reading that in addition because, don't get me wrong, I like Dune, but okay, I still have remaining Catholic guilt. I was raised Catholic. And the fact that I have this library book and someone else can't read this new book now because I still have it is weighing on me. So now I As have it to should. I gotta finish it. Well, you you but you have book five now, right? Yep, so I've already started that. So I'll finish that. It it's a pretty light, fast read. I mean, the the others have been novellas, so I can usually tear through them in about three, four hours tops. This one's gonna be a bit longer. But it's still, it's it's a fun, quick read. So I actually was planning on reading that back and back tandem with Dune because I thought okay. Dune was going to be kind of like a heavy read. And I know we're not doing the 
book club yet. But I thought, I'll read Network Effect. It's like a palate cleanser, you know, a nice little fun read. But actually, I'm really in, enjoying Dune as well, so we'll get into that later. But that was my geek this week. Oh, and also, we started that show away on Netflix. I think we're about halfway through. Is it good? Uh, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's not It's not hardcore sci-fi. I'd say, I mean, it, it's much more like it could happen tomorrow. I mean, a, a, a voyage to Mars. There's a heavy, heavy focus on the human aspect of the people involved as far as the people that are going to Mars and the people they left behind and how a three-year-long trip is going to affect your relationships, both with the people you're kind of trapped on the spaceship with and the people you've left behind. So it's heavy on the human drama. Cool. I'll have to give it a, give it a once for if I get the time. It's worth a watch. Like I said, it's not something where I'd say, oh my God, you have to watch it. But we've been enjoying it. Cool. All right. Let's jump into the meat of the stuff today. We've got two shows that have finales this week that we've been kind of covering on the KyberCast lately. Um, I think I'd want to start with Raised by Wolves, if that's all right with you. Yeah, let's go with it. Okay. You had it in the other order on the showrunner, but I kind of want to start there because... You know, last podcast we talked about like, okay, if we get to the end and it's something X, Y, or Z and you go, eh, I'm going to be pissed off. Um, I don't know if I'm pissed off, but I don't know if I even give a shit about season two. How does that sound? <laughs> um, I won't steal your thunder, but I think you and I are in the exact same place. This is one of the times we both agree. Yeah. I mean... I see a lot of symbolism in this. Uh, again, for those listeners that are that haven't got to this, this is the finale, and there's spoilers. Uh, we can go through. You know, Michael and I are not going to do a beginning to end. You know what happened on the show. That's not what we do. But um, you will hear spoilers. So this particular end of the episode is called the beginning because they're clearly trying to set up maybe the next. You know what the real thing is happening over on this uh, this new planet. And, you know, we, we see that mother has become, I mean, there's just so many things in the show that's hard to, to, it's hard to like explain if you don't see it. So at the end of the day, this Android somehow is creating life, uh, through programming, let's say, um, well, that's a thing and that's what she thinks, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but is that what happened? That that's a question that. It's not completely answered. Well, if she plugs into this machine, right, that she did to get her memories, whatever, and we see that the the um, creator, so to speak, is, is... Campion? No, no, not Campion. Yeah, Campion, sorry. Yes. Campion was the name, yeah. Yeah. I was thinking of the kid when he said it, but that's who he's named after. But, um, but we don't know what this planet is and you know if you boy i guess i have to say the end before to kind of talk about all this but she gives birth to this this lamprey thing that like a snake thing and all the tropes that ridley scott has used seem to come together in this one scene of like from alien to prometheus and everything else seem to come through in this scene i don't know who directed the last episode and look into that but it wasn't ridley Ridley only did the first two. Okay. And you're right. It's it's everything we know Ridley's got to be. 
Right. Um, yeah, we, we get this yeah. flying lamprey serpent thing. I mean, you mean, come on. Could the symbolism be anymore by having a... Oh, I, well, well, I mean, oddly enough, right? You have mother, father, Adam and Eve give birth to the serpent and they end up in Eden. Right. I mean, it's pretty blatant. I mean, it's laid out easy. a bit thick. And, but this lamprey thing, okay, so there is a lot of foreshadowing to this. Like, if you think about the show, they showed these skeletons of these giant snake creatures, right? We've seen the skeletons, and this is a slightly different one now. Um, but what I was saying is, okay, so she, she tapped into this computer, but we don't really know anything about this planet, right? So this planet could be, some species on this planet could have used that machine to make her think that it was the, um, uh campion but you know and i and i read about like what the one of the what the showrunner was talking about he basically said like think of it as um a 3d printer if she's like a 3d printer and she can make anything given the right programming and the right materials so it's not necessarily birth it's more like 3d printing so it's like a dna is mixed with Human DNA mixed with um, Android DNA, and this this lamprey thing comes up, but we don't really know what that is. Right. And she, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, and I was gonna say, and I don't care now. <laughs> like after all this, I, I I I don't know if I want to watch it. I probably will when it comes out, but I, I mean, I don't know if there's a if there's a great following of this show. If there's people that are really digging it, like it's the greatest thing. Maybe there is. I don't know. Maybe I'm missing something. So you know, if I am missing something, let me know what you think, Michael. And, and what am I missing? Well, that's the, okay. So I've enjoyed the episodes, right? But mm-hmm. the big but is that it has to feel like it's going somewhere, and right now it's just mystery after enigma shrouded in the unknown over and over, which I'm not saying the show has to give me everything right away, but after one season, I'm starting to get those lost vibes, you know, lost. Mm -hmm. And I brought it up before you had all these different tropes and all these different mysteries. And for a while it was like, okay, what's, where's this going? Where's this heading? How now they're in the past what's going on? Oh, what's, What's this statue with four toes? All this stuff has to mean something. And you found out, no, they didn't answer most of the questions. So I'm not saying that this is this sh- that this is going to happen on this show, but I'm wary of that. And it seems like every time we think we're going to get answers, there's another twist. There's another turn. Right. And I don't know. I, I think I'm right where you are. Do I give enough of a shit? I mean, I've enjoyed it so far. I'll watch the second season, but something's, you know, something's got to happen at some point where it makes me go, yeah, okay, I, I'm into it. You know, I, I haven't had that point. I've enjoyed it. Right. So I, I guess I can't defend it or explain to you why you should be interested because I'm, I'm in the same boat, man. You know, I guess the best way I can explain it is if, if the show drops like on a Friday, every Friday, I'm not like up waiting for it to drop. If I have nothing to do and nothing's on, I'll throw it on to catch up. Right. Do you know what I mean? Not, that doesn't mean it's a great show then, right? I mean, oh, no, no. 
And, and I, I guess I just want to know what I'm, if I'm missing something, I would love for any of our, our listeners that maybe they really love the show and maybe there's something that I'm missing that I shouldn't, shouldn't be missing. Um, I just feel that uh, there's a lot of the same things that themes that Ridley Scott is covering here. And I feel like it's gotta be part of the universe. I, you know, if, can you imagine what would happen if that lamprey came out and it was an alien? Right. Well, let's what talk would that do? What would that What would that do to the show? Would people go, "Holy shit, I'm way into it"? Would, would that Would that brought you into it? It might have brought me into it. I don't know. Well, we kind of almost got that. So yeah. the person in rags who we've seen appear three, four times already in the show, which is which they showed. Right, they finally showed. Uh, it was a fucking engineer, wasn't it? No, well, we don't know, right? Um, those engineers are huge. But it reminded me, but they were big. They were like titans. They were, but that doesn't mean, I mean, I don't know. I thought the similarities to the engineers from Prometheus, yes, they were massive right. in Prometheus. This one was a bit smaller. Other than that, it looked a lot like an engineer. And I'm like, what? But they, they said that these were humans that were devolving. Right. Going backwards, so like that was. Uh, I'm not sure if that you know when he was looking at the skull, it was a. Um, I don't know. The skull they had was a Neanderthal skull, but it was not from right. Earth. Correct. So, I mean, obviously, uh, Shaley had called it all along, where the uh, the creatures that were running around, you know, they basically human. Had, yeah, I said, yeah. yeah, you said that too. But Shaley, when we were yeah. watching, she's like, "Oh, those are totally humans in some way, shape, or form." And, now we find out through that they're devolving that, yeah, they're, they've been eating human descendants of some sort. Right. Right. I don't know. I, like I said, for me, seeing that person that looked so much like an engineer made me wonder, is this attached to the entire Ridley Scott verse? Is this attached? Is this connected to Prometheus and Alien in some way? Well, they sure have a lot of similarities. I mean, from chest bursting to, you know. Oh, exactly. When she, yeah, when she went to go give birth, I, I actually mm-hmm. said to Shay, I said, uh, how is she going to give birth? She does not have the right equipment. She's an android. Right. And then Shay kept saying, it's going to come out of her mouth. It's going to come out of her mouth. And I was like, no, it's going to be a chest burster. And sure enough, it shot out of her mouth. <laughs> So, well, in the difference is uh, in Alien, the alien takes part of the DNA of its host. Well, sort of this. I mean, it, it's obviously well, something. No, no hum- I don't see any humanity in this thing. Just in that oh, it didn't need to take lamprey. humanity. Uh, no, but but the alien in Ridley Scott's Alien, it physically takes part of the DNA. Like I've seen that there's what been a dog one where it was in the dog. I think it was like alien three or four or some shit, you know, it was the third one. Yeah. That's yeah, why I ran on all fours. Yes. Right. But this, so, I mean, we don't know what this creature was. It, the, it obviously took part of her makeup in that it's uh, kind of like a cybernetic. You know, yes. It took, yes. It took Android DNA mixed. I don't know. I, I enjoyed watching the series, but I didn't love it. And 
I'll watch the second season, but this this show did not blow me away, and I'm I'm worried if I get too invested, I'm going to end up with another Lost, and that's pretty much all I got to say. Yeah, I'm wondering if I invested already too much. Uh, I mean, the art direction's great. There's some things, but I, you know, it's really starting to play. I mean, um, it's too bad. I, I, you know, our listeners tell me, you know, I'll change my mind if if someone gives me some kind of reason that I'm missing. But you know, I I see the holding the mirror up to humanity very clearly. You know, right? Um, there's a whole there's a whole new set of atheists that landed, apparently, right? Because what's his name killed three of them, four of them, right? And I don't um, know. I I guess I don't like. I don't know, the whole prophecy and then the atheist guy that had disguised himself as a believer in Saul and now he right. he's having visions. I don't, I don't know if I'm all into that. You know, right? Are you? Is it? <laughs> is it interesting to you? I mean. Some people like, you know, the whole, you know, considering the metaphysical or the supernatural or even maybe even the divine, if that's possibly it. And I don't mind shows like that. There are shows I enjoy that play with, you know, the whole, you know, divinity thing. I mean, Kevin Smith did Dogma, which is all about that. Right. Arguably the, more entertaining. The Da Vinci Code hit me much stronger than this thing ever could. Yes, that's a good example, Da Vinci Code you know, of what was divine and what, you know, I, I thought Da Vinci Code, in fact, that was one of the most, that was, that was a great book to read. It was a very fun book to read, very quick page turner. So I'm not against um, that, but this one, I don't know, it seems, I guess with everything in the show, it seems to be laying in on a bit thick. And maybe that's what's turning me off. Right. Yeah, it's thick. It's very heavy. It's very in your face. So... Anyways, if uh, listeners want to tell us why, that'd be great. Um, so that's why I wanted to kind of move on to uh, and finish up with the boys finale because I ain't gonna lie, that was way more fun watching the boys than it was than watching uh, Raised by Wolves, at least for me. Again, um, I agree, hundred percent. Yeah, and I thought uh, boy, the finale was great, huh? I did not see it going in that direction. So, yes. No. I like it when I'm surprised. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you lead this. You tell me what uh, – you, you can tell our listeners what's going on and then uh, go from there. Well, you know, so I've mentioned before, and I won't go too much into it, but for me, the season did not grab me the way season one did until later. Right. You know, I, I've, I've had my complaints. I've said it before, you know, they focused too, a little bit too much on Homelander initially for my tastes. But this whole, you know, revelation over the last few episodes that you know, Stormfront is actually a Nazi. I mean, it was obvious she was a racist from almost the get-go. But then you right. find out that she was legit a Nazi from Nazi Germany. Right. Okay, this is interesting. I didn't expect that. So, I mean... There's so much going on in this last episode. I mean, it's, oh it's violent. God. There's twists and turns. What that court scene, man? Oh my god, the court scene. Yes, in this, the penultimate episode. Yes. Yes. Yeah, but and that's the thing. So, this is the, kind of almost the, the perfect example of the opposite of Raised right. by Wolves. There are unanswered questions here. 
Who blew up their heads? We have no idea, right? We In think, the court scene, we have no idea, right? Right. We think well, and we saw early on. You know, in what the first episode when they when the boys went to go talk to their CIA contact and her head blew up. So there's someone right. that's blowing up heads. We just don't know who. Yeah, we do. Who? They showed it in the finale. Did you not watch the finale? Oh, do, you know what? I actually did. I miss it. Season eight, episode eight. Did you not watch it? No, I watched it. Did they reveal who was blowing up the heads? Yeah. Oh, then I missed that part. Well, okay, to be honest, um, I missed like the last minute only because I was watching it. <laughs> well, my daughter came up and it was very obvious that Homelander was beaten off at the end. So I stopped the episode yeah. and I was like, I get the point. Okay, so tell me. I, I only. Oh, like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I think you I had like 30 it. seconds left. It was a big 30 seconds. Just tell me <laughs> who, who was blown up the heads. Oh my gosh! Um, it was the congresswoman. Shut up! No. And now she's yep. the head. Yeah, and then Huey shows up to her office and wants to join her campaign, not knowing uh, that she's the one that has this the scanners. This is the old movie from a long time ago oh, called yeah. Scanners. Um, yeah. Oh my God. I can't believe you missed that. Well, like so you yeah, said. They, they answered all, they answered everything in the season. There was no, um, and I, re- I take back everything I said. I need to go back. <laughs> well, like I said, I had to stop because like I said, my daughter came upstairs and like I said, it was obvious. I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. There's, at the end, their homelander's beaten off, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I stopped. I was like, all right, I, I get the I, I just don't know the congresswoman's last name. I know her name was Victoria. I don't know her last name. I can't remember her last name. Oh, shit. I need to go watch that last minute or so then. Yeah, it, well, yeah, because, Jesus, I would love to tell you. Um, I'll let you watch it because uh, I don't want to give you the spoiler, but there's a. it's more than just finding out that she's the person that does that. It's also who she does it to at the end, which is very interesting. That makes you under that that lets you know that it's her. Oh, she kills someone else. Mm-hmm. Man, I hear and I thought I thought I was done. I thought the episode was done. Oh, it's not over to the credits, my friend. Yeah, I fucked up there. So. Well, that just makes this season even better. Yeah, yeah, because now they set up a whole new thing, and you're like, oh, my God, because everybody's kind of, um, they're not a team anymore, right? Because they think some things have been won, and there's some separation, and, you know, everybody kind of goes and does their thing, which I'm not sure you saw that either. Did you see, you know? Well, I got the gist. So I, well, that's the thing. I saw, I saw Butcher, and I obviously saw him sending his adopted son off yeah uh, i saw um obviously uh with the female and uh, the frenchie and you know them getting all squared away and then i saw you know mother's milk going back to his, his family so i thought it was done i should have kept going right 
And we know we know Stormfront is not dead. Well, yeah, that was obvious. Right. Well, they didn't try to hide that. They just said that they have her put away. They didn't say she was dead. So exactly, their vault is not that stupid. No, they'll keep her, and it might tie into um, the uh, the spinoff series because I don't know that it's exactly going to focus on that hospital or not. But we already know that we're going to see a younger version people, you know, with the compound V and whatnot, and that's basically what she was shepherding the whole time. Right. You know, so maybe maybe we'll see her again. You know, the interesting thing is if uh, is that we think that the boys have won, right? So they've got, they've stopped the compound V. Everybody knows this. They know they're Nazi, that Stormfront was a Nazi. And everything seems to be out in the open, except for this congresswoman that can just make people's heads blow up. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know what's funny is, boy, boy, it's such clearly there's been some timely writing in in how rhetoric can turn into something really scary. Like the the gentleman who keeps seeing the same news every day, every day, and then he finally goes into the grocery store and kills that guy. Oh yeah, what are you? Are you a superhero? Are you a super? Are you a super villain? What's your right. power? And then he shoots him. God. Yeah, I mean that—that that is a. I mean, not to bring this down, like, our there was a plot to kidnap our governor, dude, in Michigan. Right. I mean, you know, so the media, the news media, is very influential, obviously, and politicians are influential, and you know, that's why when you see something like that, you're like, yeah. That can happen because people keep seeing the same negative thing every day. Yep. Until they just break. Yep. As I was watching the finale, I actually turned to Shaylee and said, This show is so timely. Like, they could not, I mean, they could have filmed it last week. That's how timely right. it is. But obviously, right. they filmed it probably months ago. But it's spot on. It's spot on. I know. That's the scary part. Yeah. So kudos to the creative team on this because they've they've really taken you know this you know polarization of the U.S. and put it into superheroes and non-superheroes and it works. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So yeah, you better get back uh, when you're done with this uh, recording this podcast. You should go and watch the last two minutes again. <laughs> like I said, I, I thought I was pretty much done. I was just wrapping up. I I that's my bad. That's okay. All right, let's move on. We've got um, the first segment, right? Is that what we're going to call it? What do we call on these things? First chapter? Yeah, we'll what are we going to call it, Michael? That's not a chapter because, so now that we've actually started the book, Dune, right. we found that apparently, you know, Herbert, Frank Herbert, didn't like to put chapter numbers on. Now, the, the novel itself is, you know, segmented into three books, if you will. Um, but it is clear there are chapter distinctions because he begins every new chapter with a quote of some sort. Right. So, yeah, this first section, I think we read, read through page 106, I think. Mm-hmm. So that's our first run. Um, so pay attention to our social media. I'll go ahead and I'll be putting up, um, I went through the book and made notes. So I'll be posting a social media 
where the next place is to stop until it gets us through uh, eight sections. So this is section one. We've got seven more to go. And mm-hmm. what, do, what did you think, Joe? You've been reading it for a few weeks. I basically crammed it all in in one day. So you're you're probably better off remembering as much as I because I've been so busy the last couple of weeks that I, I, I read up to like 100 page 103 like two weeks ago and I haven't touched it since. So, um, you know, and this is a book when you start reading it, you know, it's a new world, right? So the names are all spelled you got to figure out the names and you, these are, it's world building. So it's easy to forget when you don't stay with it every day, I think. Um, so for those that haven't, maybe haven't caught up to page 100 yet, it gives you plenty of time to catch up to our next version, you know, next, our 200th page, so to speak, um, for the next section or whatever. Yep. But I recommend you to be a consistent reader on this and not maybe chunk reader. You know, I think my downfall is I'm, I read in chunks and put it away, and I don't think I can do that with this book. I, I, I may even have to go back and start over, to be honest with you. Um, well, I, I mean, it, it's you have to pay attention, right? There's a lot going on. Um, I mean, the book really pulled me in with this boy, right? And, and, you know, this older lady coming in to talk to the younger lady and, you know, basically test him. And obviously they're setting up this chosen one thing again which not again this this is an older book but um but i like it so far i mean i mean you can see the politics being set up of this of uh, i mean it's there's a lot of talking in the first hundred there's not a ton of action um at the beginning there's a lot of talking so you're sure it's all set up and sometimes people may have a hard time like the difference between here's a clear difference between how um a novelist writes something and how a filmmaker writes something, right? Like, so George Lucas has a tendency to bring you in at some action point. He doesn't just like, he doesn't gear up. He just like, all of a sudden there's a giant ship in front of your head, right? And ship's going on. And you, if you see the beginning of most of the Star Wars films, they all start with some kind of action. Yep. Um, this is the opposite. This is like a lot like uh, Game of Thrones and uh, or Game of Thrones is a lot like this, I should say, because this is written way before. Um, so a lot of, a lot of talking, a lot of setting up characters and trying to understand their points of view in terms of how, you know, their, 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 uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, personality. Yep. So, um, Uh, but I, I, so far I I like it. I just need to, I, I just feel like I'm not good enough at remembering the names and who says what, you know what I mean? Well, a couple of things to that. So I don't, I don't know if you ever use the note function or the highlight function within the Kindle, because that's how we're both reading it right now. I, I, I don't. You know, I, I don't use that. I should do, do it, though. Yep. I went through as mm-hmm. I wrote. Now, here's one thing I'm going to be doing as I read this, which I started with on the Kindle, but I actually have a... I'm one of those people that buys notebooks and has notebooks everywhere and pens and never knows what to do with them. So I've got these little uh, field notes books and I've decided uh, I'm going to use one of them uh, to take notes as I read along in Dune. Um, I started taking the notes already, just using the, the note feature in, in uh, or the highlight feature in notes in the Kindle. But studies show, and I know personally, I remember better if I write stuff down. So I've got this little notebook. I'm going to start writing notes in it as we move through this book. So I remember okay. better. 
but also I want to be able to bring up points and stuff as we talk about the book. Now, this first hundred pages, it's like you said, it is all set up, right? We're just Mm -hmm. getting the lay of the land. And you're right. It's not like Star Wars. Star Wars, George Lucas actually built Star Wars around the structure of an epic poem. Right. The structure of an epic poem begins what's called in medius race, in the middle of things. Right. And that's exactly what happens because you're right. You start in the middle of a battle or something's going on. Obviously, this book does not start that way. And it has me concerned about the movie. Obviously, it's a year until the movie comes out. But it starts so slow. It makes me wonder if would this be better as like a Game of Thrones TV show? I always think, you know, I don't think anybody will ever convince me otherwise that to, to take a, if you make a, do a book, it's much better to be a streaming series because you can do each episode as a chapter or so to speak, and you can take your time. That being said, I think the Lord of the Rings was done perfectly. So, But you know what? But with those at least, they were, I mean, okay, your standard movie is usually about 90 minutes, give or take. Right. Lord of the Rings are longer than that to begin with. And then if you actually, if you're a huge fan, which I know you are, you probably have the director's cut, which are like three and a half, four hours long, right? Yeah, it's a it's almost a 10-hour watch. So you're right. That's almost like a series. That, that, that's right. Basically it's kind of like a series basically. at that point. So, right. Because um, let's think of it. If you took a four-hour film and chopped it into half-hour segments, you got an eight-episode eight series right there. Yeah, for sure. So, um, so one thing I want to say about Dune real quick. I have to admit I was intimidated because, yeah, well, you know, I am, I'm not, I'm not so much anymore. And here's why. Um, I obviously have not read the Tolkien books, but my understanding, the way I kind of approached Dune was that this was the sci-fi side of the coin. Obviously Tolkien did fantasy and Herbert went this other way with sci-fi. Mm-hmm. He was, you know, a, contemporary of Tolkien, was he not? Maybe maybe he came later, I don't know. The point is, because this is such a huge sci-fi classic, I was intimidated. I expected it to be a dense read, and I'm not finding it. W- w- do you think it's a dense read? Uh, not like Tolkien, no. Um, yeah. But I think there's a lot of things to remember. You know what I mean? I think, oh, yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, so. you've already met like 12 characters already in this first 100 pages. Right. And, and But just for the record, Lord of the Rings was written 10 years before this okay. came out. It's still yeah, so, contemporary, still within a day, you know, I think. But Right. But, so my point is, because this was such a classic, I expected it to be like a dense, not like a slog, but like... Um, I just I figured the prose would be a little bit harder to get through. That it would, right. you know, it, it would take more time to read, and then every page would be not necessarily a battle, but you know, I'd really have to chew through it and think about it. I'm not saying it's not going to turn into that at some point, but I actually really like Frank Herbert's writing style. It's I don't want to say it's light, but it's it's almost conversational. 
Yeah, I can see that. And part of that might have to do with, like you said, the first hundred pages of the book, there's a lot of discussions going back and forth, people just talking about stuff. So maybe that helped. But um, I'm not, let me be clear here, I'm not comparing myself to Frank Herbert as a writer. But sometimes in some of the things I've written, people have said, you know, you write like you speak. And sometimes I can get a little bit too flowery when I write, but sometimes, you know, I just get to the point and it sounds like exactly how I'd say it. And that's kind of how I felt with Frank Herbert in that he kind of talks, he writes like I think he just talks. Like if he was telling you the story, this would be how it would sound. You know, someone just transcribed it. So I'm finding it's not the slog that I was afraid it was going to be. And I'm finding that it's, enjoyable and I'm, I'm getting through the pages faster than I thought I would. Yeah. I, I just think that, um, I, I'm hoping that I can grab onto some characters and I, obviously I've grabbed onto Paul because that's our protagonist at this point. Yes. Um, so that's, that's what you need for every, at least that's what I need for every story. Good story. Let me, let me grab one character that I can relate to or, or, care about like i say you know it's it's uh it's a it's a must and obviously he's uh going to be tested as he becomes the um i guess the under the stewardship of the planet arrakis which is dune planet right yep so and clearly it's set up you know you've got different houses you know it's a lot like you know there's a game of thrones act you know part of that um it's a you can see it's a political fight through conversation excuse me through conversation you can see that it's you know a political fight for territory and um resources right like anything else in this world that's no different well, yeah. there Who's, well they also mentioned what? too the benny jeseret you know these these women these mm-hmm. i expect them to be more like holy women and that's based off of what my understanding of the movie was you know, in the 80s. And well, I saw it probably 30 years ago. But when they said that they, they uh, practiced the art or have mastered the art of politics, I thought that was interesting. Right. So I, I agree with you on that. So are you are you into the story already then? Do you, are you feel like you're pulled in enough? Yeah, yeah. I'm enjoying the story. Like I said... I feel like a sense of relief because it's it's in the prose is inviting to me, so I'm enjoying that aspect of it. Um, so I'm into the story. I want to see where it goes. I, I mean, it's hard because I've seen the movie, right? So I mm-hmm. kind of think I know where it's going, but it's not always about the destination. It's more about the journey, and I'm liking the book that I'm reading so far. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't see the movie. You so never saw the eighties movie? No. Wow. Nope. Then you were totally unspoiled, whereas I, not by choice, but I keep seeing Kyle MacLachlan whenever, or um, Timothy Chalamet every time they bring up Paul Atreides. Uh, yeah, Paul. Oh, see, I don't so, even know who played Paul in Doom, so. In the, the 80s version. I won't ruin it. But I do know the new actor who's playing him, and I, that's whose face I see now because 
I've seen the preview. So right, right. And he seems to fit good. I mean, I don't know. It seems to tie up pretty nicely, but that's because it's all I know, really. Yeah, I was surprised. Like I said, I saw the 80s movie, so I was a little surprised to see how young uh, Paul is mm-hmm. in this. He's only like 15. Yeah, yeah. right. Which, and that kid saw, in the movie looks, could be that. Yeah, when I saw the trailer for the new movie, I was like, oh, he seems awfully young, but now reading the book, I see why. So right. it makes sense. Right. I mean, it was pretty cool when she said, put your hand in here. I mean, I, I, oh, my head went right back to like Flash Gordon. <laughs> oh, see, I knew it was going to happen already because I saw the movie. But... Right. See, I didn't. So that's good. Maybe it's better that I didn't. Oh, it's 100% better that you haven't because you don't have that taint or that bias now. Yeah. So, uh, have you, I guess my question for you is, have you read a lot of classic sci-fi? I read a few, um, you know, like Fahrenheit. I read um, my one of my favorite books of all time is uh, Stranger in a Strange World, and that's just a wonderful read. So Heinlein, yeah, Heinlein, Stranger in a Strange Land, yeah. Okay, I why have a copy. A movie? I don't know why. I have a copy it's of a uh, Starship Troopers somewhere, um, and on top of that. I have I read, um, I and that came I out in the seventies, but the Forever War by Joe Haldeman. Okay, it's another sci-fi classic. Which that book I absolutely adore. I love it. Isn't that the the guy who wrote the Starship? Isn't that the guy who did Dianetics? I'm not reading that. No, that's L. Ron Hubbard. Right. Who wrote Starship Trooper or whatever you're talking about? Heinlein, just like Stranger oh, in a Streamland. I didn't know he wrote that. I didn't know yeah. that. Yep. Highland wrote that as well. I was just curious. I haven't actually read a lot of classic sci-fi. and Most of the stuff I've read is probably 80s, 90s, if that, if not 2000s. And I about some Jules Verne? Did you read some Jules Verne? I did not. Did you? I, I think I read, like, in high school I had to read some. Well, yeah, I think everyone's read some. I mean, have you read any H.G. Wells? Yes, Time Machine or whatever. Yeah, see, I haven't read any of that. Yeah. I'm terrible. I'm a terrible geek. No, it's just, uh, I, mean, I, I mean, I remember it from, like I said, in high school, but I couldn't remember it word for word or anything right now. But yeah. So look, hey, we're at the beginning of this thing. It's it's all set up. Um, so it's not that there's not a lot to talk about. It's just, a, it's just set up. So it's all exposition, so to speak. We're learning. We're learning who people are. We're learning who they stand for and where they stand. And, you know, as all good act ones do, we need to understand the characters. So before we get into act two, so we're still in part one of this three section book, right? Yep. So, so I will say this. How would I, we, go ahead. I was just going to say, I do like that he's not spoon feeding us a lot. It is interesting to me that, some of the characters, like Paul and Jessica, they have normal mm-hmm. names, but then they have some like a, you know, Fade or something, whatever his name is, and on the Harkonnen side or Gurney. I can't remember, remember what his first name is. Yeah, it's just funny to me how some of these names are just so out there. And Peter is spelled weird, and yeah, but you know yeah. what? It's it's kind of 
it's probably intentional because if you want people to get into it, you put in some things they understand and then throw some weird shit on top of it. Right. So it makes sense. It just, I thought it was interesting, but I, I do like that he's not totally spoon feeding us. I mean, he brings up a lot of concepts like the voice, uh, you know, the whole concept also of the Bene Gesserit. We only, we know that they're, like we said, schooled in politics. They've mentioned mentats. And we're, what I like is that we're finding out more about these concepts as the book goes on. He doesn't come out and say, oh, you're a mentat, and then explain what a mentat is. Right. It's much more organic this way, and I appreciate that. Right. Yeah. Yes, yes. So how do we want our readers, our readers, our listeners to interact with us on this particular book club thing? Like, oh, what are we going to do from here? So what I was thinking was, um, we'll start with, you know, this first podcast. Obviously, you have discussed it. You and I have discussed it. Uh, when they listen to it, they'll hear our thoughts. And then, uh, you know, I encourage them to respond uh, to the episode when we post it on social media. But on top of that, I'm going to open up uh, our social media. I, I was looking and I see that there is a chat function within uh, our Google mm-hmm. group that should allow us to, I can open up a like a, a subject or a themed chat. So I'm going to, I'm thinking I'll do that and I'll get that going. Um, all this weekend, you know, once this episode comes out, I mean, I'll, it'll probably already be there. So check our social media, especially our our Twitter, our Facebook page, and our Facebook group. We're going to start with that and kind of try and see if we get discussion going. And if people are liking it, if people want it, I have no problem with scheduling like you know, either a live chat or even a, a web conference if people want that. If that's how people want to interact, I'm good with that. But we'll, we'll kind of do this organically and see how we get, you know, reaction back from our listeners and the readers. Cool. 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 So look for that. Look for uh, information on how we will um, talk about this book. Um, I think that's a good place to stop the, uh, get this episode finalized after all the technical fun we had today and uh, all the stories that are out there. And making sure Michael gets to see the last two minutes of uh, the boys because he missed a lot in two minutes. Um, but... I seriously thought there was like 10 seconds left, maybe 30 seconds. <laughs> I didn't think I missed I that. I love much. it. I love it. So, yeah, that'll do it for this week. Uh, if you, uh, it's the first time listening to the episode, hey, thanks for joining us. If uh, you've been here before, thanks for coming back. Make sure you uh, share it with some friends. Tell them where to find us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and hopefully soon Amazon Podcasts. We did submit our podcast to Amazon. So if you're on Amazon Music for some reason, um, that, if that's what you pay for, then they're going to have a podcast uh, part of that. So um, you can check that um, or at least ask for it. We did submit our podcast to Amazon. And uh, you can always get a hold of us through social media or Michael how do they find us there? As always, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And remember, on Facebook, we have both a group and a page. So look for KyberCast or The KyberCast and you'll find us. Cool, cool. That'll do it for this week. We thank you all for listening. And check in next week where we'll get back into uh, the Dune Book Club and everything else that's happening in the world of, I don't know, Geek? Oh, real quick, I forgot, I forgot something, Joe. What did you forget? 
you missed the finale of Star Trek Lower Decks. Oh, well, we can talk about that on Tuesday. <laughs> I was just messing with you. We can. That's all I got to say, folks. I'm done. <laughs> Lower Decks. See you next week, guys. I have spoken. What a piece of junk. Boring conversation anyway.